will just get me up there. How's everyone doing? Brilliant. Well, it's great to be here in Gladstone. I've been to Gladstone, probably one of the towns I've been to the most, I would say. I love coming to Gladstone. It's a great place. Um, and so excited about bringing the word today. And uh, I really feel this morning that God wants to do something fresh and new in your life. And, uh, you know, God is not dead. God is still alive. The Holy Spirit is still active today. He is still here. He's still moving. And even though sometimes we feel like coming through COVID, that maybe the Holy Spirit got COVID too. No, He didn't. Holy Spirit is alive and He wants to do something great in your life today. And, you know, this morning uh, I got up, um, like I always do Sunday mornings, quite early and uh, I'm sitting in the room just praying. I'm listening to this song this morning and uh, it had this line that says, um, Lazarus, come out. And as I sat there and just, just, just listened to that word, Lazarus, come out. The Holy Spirit highlighted that to me today to say it's time to come out into all that God has for you. See, the great thing about the story with Lazarus is that Jesus called him out. He didn't stay there. He came out. So Jesus called him and he came out into the will of God. And I feel like there's someone here in this place this morning. Maybe you've been hiding. Maybe you feel like you've been forgotten. Maybe you feel like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I never can do anything with my life. I'm here to tell you today that God wants to do something fresh in your life in this building this morning. And He wants you to come out. He is calling you out into the plan and purposes of God in Jesus' name. You know, I really feel this... Uh, as I was praying for Pastor James and Pastor Michelle this morning, I had this, this sense that as you're, you're coming into this season, I, I, I really feel this for you. There's a new season coming for you. And, and I, and I want to explain this here because, you know, we've come through COVID. There's been a lot of things that have happened. But I feel like there's been some dreams when you started here that God placed in your heart that you actually haven't quite seen come to pass yet. I believe in this next season you're going to see happen. I believe in this next season, you're going to see fruitfulness. You're going to see, you've got an amazing building here, amazing name in the city, but I feel like it's going to go to a whole new level. And, and the great thing with new seasons is that it has to be a new wineskin. See, a new season, it can't be held within the old traditional wineskins. It has to be a new wineskin to hold the fresh renewal. Old structures and forms are incapable of, of, of handling a dynamic move of God. And I want to encourage us as a church here this morning. I hope you don't mind saying that. Us as the church. It's time to grab a hold of all that God wants to do because He wants to do a new thing in your life, in this church, and this city. I believe that. And when Jesus brings newness, it can't be contained or conformed to old ways. But there is a new day. There is a new wave of His Holy Spirit coming upon this church. Heavenly Father, I thank You right now for Pastor James and Michelle. I thank you right now, Lord God, for Gladstone. I thank you right now for Port City Church, Lord God. And Father, I pray for a fresh touch of your Holy Spirit upon this church, a fresh touch of your Holy Spirit upon this city, Lord God. I declare right now, souls, 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 and more souls. I declare right now, healing, 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 and more healings, Lord God. And we thank you for that, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. And as I'm praying right now, Pastor James, there is anointing on your life for unity. There is an anointing on your life for unity. As we were talking over dinner last night, you unify people to the kingdom of God. And Father, we thank you that we pray for increase upon that gifting in his life in Jesus' mighty name.
Amen. Awesome. Well, I want to hop into the Word today, and I, just for the next half hour or so, I want to share a little bit about my story and my background, but the title of my message today is Supernatural Favor from a Supernatural God. See, today we can come freely into His presence knowing that His power, not my power, not your power, but His power can change all things and heal all hurts. See, natural favor is earned, but supernatural favor is a gift from God. See, natural favor is earned. Husbands, I want to encourage you here today. Natural favor is earned. It means you need to pick up your dirty clothes in the bathroom. It means it means you put your shoes away. It means you need to mow the lawn and do the dishes. Uh, if you work for someone here today, natural favor is earned with your boss by doing what he asked you to do. But supernatural favor, it is a gift from God. You know, it was God's supernatural favor that brought a beautiful young lady by the name of Beck into my bakery in 2001. See, I want to tell you a little bit of my backstory. You may look at me today and say, oh, this is all good for you, Grant, to talk about the supernatural favor of God. Have a look at you. You got the skinny jeans, the nice jacket, the, the, the good shirt, and the pretty face. Thank you for noticing. And, um, but my story goes a little bit like this. I grew up in an amazing family. My mom, my dad, they looked after me. They loved me. They cared for me. My, my dad was a toy salesman. He traveled the world selling toys. He would bring home toys all the time. I, I remember when we lived in Melbourne for a few years, we would go down to the showroom every Saturday. He would open up the showroom and say, break whatever you want. And he would go upstairs and work for hours. It was awesome. We were living the dream. I, I got two older brothers, uh, Craig and Gavin, that are eight and six years older than me. And they showed love by locking me in cupboards. Who has older brothers like that? Yeah, praise God. But on July the 4th, 1989, I went to school as a 10-year-old boy and did what I always did, got in trouble. Just the type of boy I was. But I remember that afternoon as I got home, I, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but that afternoon, my uh, next-door neighbor picked me up from school and when I hopped in the car, I knew that there was something wrong. Have you ever hopped into a conversation before, a moment in time, a situation you know that something is wrong? That afternoon, I knew that there was something wrong. And as we drove home that afternoon, the 15-minute drive home, it didn't matter how many times my neighbor said everything's fine, I knew that something wasn't. So I pulled into my street. Uh, my, my street was covered in cars. My front lawn was covered in cars. There was people everywhere. And uh, I walk into my house and... As my mum sat me down, I still have this picture ingrained in my brain of my two brothers jumping over the back fence. And my mum sat all three of us down and told us that my father had had a heart attack and passed away. You know, as a 10-year-old boy, I blamed God. As a 10-year-old boy, I blamed my mum, I blamed my brothers, and I blamed this world for taking my father away. Over the course of about three weeks, I just continually cried until one day I woke up and said, this hurt, this pain, this grief. It's not going to touch me anymore. And I pushed those feelings so deep down inside my life that I wiped all memory of my father. By the time I got to about 11, 12, I was smoking a pack of cigarettes every afternoon. By the time I got to 13, I was high every weekend or every afternoon on marijuana. By the time I got to 14, it wasn't through my family's choices. It was through my choices. So I didn't know how to deal with this grief. By the time I got to 14, I was drinking, binge drinking every single weekend. By the time I got to 15, I dropped out of school and I was in the illicit drug scene where I was sharing needles with mates. 
all the way through to the age of 22, they would have called me a functional addict. That's what they declared me as because I'd work, but I'd use and drink every single day. I want to show you a photo today of what I looked like about six months before I got saved. Here I am, here with the beanie on, 55 kilos. Not knowing what to do or where to go with my life. And I remember this moment at the start of 2001 that, that, that I was in a really bad shape, a really bad way. And the truth was, I was only, there was only two options for me moving forward. It was either six foot under or behind bars. That's the type of groups I was rolling in. And I remember coming into this park one day in the middle of Brisbane City saying, God, if you are real. There was no fancy prayer. There was no fancy prayer. There was no, you know, these things I had to go through. I just said, God, if you are real, you need to do something in my life. In the middle of Brisbane City, I had this encounter with the Holy Spirit, with a supernatural God that I'd never experienced before. See, the truth is, church, did I get saved right there and then? No. But God started something in my life that has totally transformed my life. You know, there's many people that have had an encounter with God, but they just don't know what it is. See, I thought I was having a nervous breakdown. And about six weeks later, this beautiful young girl by the name of Beck walked into my basement. I remember as she stood at the counter, I remember elbowing my boss and said, if you do not hire her, I quit. And he's like, why is that? And I said, have a look at her. She's hot. You know, flirt to convert actually works. Beck just wasn't flirting. But the truth was, is that God knew how he would have to get to me. And he brought this beautiful young lady. So I chased this beautiful young lady into this church where her father was the senior pastor. And as I walked into that place, there was about 15 guys that surrounded me. It was crazy. And um, no, no, no. But I walked into this place not knowing what to expect, having this sort of uh, uh, thought of what Christianity or what church was, but realizing that, wait a sec, it doesn't matter where I've been, what I've done, what's happened in my life, Jesus Christ loves me. And on Good Friday 2001, I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. And ever since then, we've been faithfully following Christ. Church, can I encourage you here today? It's His supernatural power that sets us free. It's he, I, I, I speak in uh, rehabs all the time, but, but when I talk to people, they're like, how'd you do it? And I'm like, you know what? The supernatural power of God. Because I can't get over what I've been through by my own strength. It was His power. See, we cannot have supernatural favor without a supernatural Savior. See, there is only one Jesus Christ. There is only one Messiah. There is only one Savior who died upon a cross for our sins. See, the power of hell could not hold him down. Death could not weigh him down. Sickness could not live in him. Fear could not embrace him. The power of life could not contain him. And the power of heaven worked through him for the salvation of this world. I don't know about you, but that excites me. Yeah. E. Stanley Jones wrote this many years ago. Religions are man's search for God. The gospel is God's search for man. There are many religions, but one gospel. See, this man was known as the Billy Graham of India. Millions and millions and millions of people got saved. Pastors, thousands and thousands of churches was planted through this man. But he came up with this profound thought that there is many religions, but there is only one Messiah. There is only one Jesus Christ. 
Psalm 65 verse 11 says this, You crown the year with the bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. His supernatural favor has gone before us, church. And sometimes when we talk about supernatural favor, we only think about finance. No, there's supernatural favor in your life. There's supernatural favor in your health. You know, for my health, like I, I, I have outlived my dad now by two and a half years. My dad and his brother both died. My, my, my dad was at the age of 40 and his brother was at the age of 35. So there was a fear in my head until many years, to, to, to only to a few years ago that, wait a sec, I'm going to die early like my dad. Until I came to this revelation that his supernatural favor is upon my life. That doesn't just mean finance, but he, he gives me health every single day. You know, he has supernatural favor on your relationships, on your work, on your family, on your emotions, and on your thoughts. 3 John 1, 2 says this, Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. I hope all is well with you that you are healthy in body and strong in in spirit. His supernatural favor is upon your life, church. It says this in Psalm 115, verse 14 and 15. May the Lord richly bless both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. His favor is upon your life, church. But many times we forget it. I want to encourage us today. It's time that we embrace it wholeheartedly because he has favor for your life in Jesus' name. In the New Testament, the word for favor and grace comes from a Greek word called charis, which means the grace of God is the favor of God. And I want to read this to you right now. It says this, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. God saved you by His grace or favor when you believe. And you can't take credit for this because it's a gift from God. Acts chapter 14, verse 26. Finally, they returned. By ship to Antioch of Syria, where their journey had begun. The believers there had entrusted them to the grace of God or to the favor of God to do the work that now have completed. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Rather, you must grow in the grace or favor and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior. All glory to him, both now and forever. Church, the grace of God is the favor of God. And the favor of God is the grace of God. Supernatural favor is upon your life. I remember back in year seven, I, um, I was at primary school and the school bully started just picking on some people in, in the playground. And I remember walking across the basketball court and uh, walking up to this guy and getting right in his face. He was like, twice the size of me, and I remember getting into his face and ripping my shirt. Like there was buttons going everywhere, like boom, 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 boom. And, and as I ripped my shirt, I ripped my, my, my cross that was like a chain around my neck, and it went flying over the other side of the basketball court, and I got right in this guy's face. I said, how dare you do this? Come on, man, you can't do that. And I just started screaming and yelling at this guy for what he was doing. Do you know what happened? He backed away. He got intimidated. He was like, who's this crazy little dude that's trying to take me out? I'm out of here. 
But see, I want to encourage us today, if the supernatural favor of God is upon our lives, we need to understand that we can do that to the enemy every single day. He wants to intimidate us. He wants to push us down. He wants to push us to the side. He wants us to forget that we have a Savior that loves us. He wants to take us out. But it's time that the church rises up and says, you know what? I have the supernatural favor of God upon my life. Enemy, you can't intimidate me. Enemy, you can't take me down. And get in the face of him. John 10, verse 10. The thief's purpose is to come to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. Church, we need to hold on to that. Rich and satisfying life. In the last few moments I've got left, I'm going to share a couple of thoughts with you today that I really believe that will help you live in that supernatural favor of God and what happens to our life when we do. And the first thing is that you walk differently. You walk differently. Have a look at Queensland on Wednesday night. They definitely walked differently off the field, didn't they? They were on the winning team. (laughs) But but that's the case of any team that is winning, isn't it? Well, it doesn't matter what side you're on. If you're on the winning side, you walk with confidence. You walk with the stride about yourself. You walk with your shoulders pushed back and your chest puffed out. Church, we are a part of the winning side. We are part of the kingdom of God. And He has won the victory. God wants us to walk with our head held high. You know that scripture that says, you know, take up your cross daily. Luke chapter 9 verse 23. Take up your cross daily. You know what many Christians do? They take up their cross, but they allow it to drag along the ground. Oh, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus. Yeah, I don't have enough money. Oh, got a sore back. No, 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 no. Pick up your cross because Jesus Christ brings joy to our lives. He brings happiness to our lives. Let's not let the, 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 the world's circumstances drag along the ground, but pick up the cross joyfully. Can I encourage us here today? There is a difference about arrogance and authority. See, arrogance is all about me and how good I am. And we've probably met people like that before. But authority is all about how good Christ is and what He has done in my life. Let's be believers that walk in the authority that Christ has given us. I remember last week I was um, at Victoria Point down near our church and this lady was walking out of the, the shopping center and as she was walking out, I, there was this moment of where I could have pushed in front of her because she was walking a little slower than I am. You can uh, ask Pastor James yesterday, I came out of the gate at the airport and we waited about five minutes for Beck to come out because like when I'm at an airport or I'm going somewhere, I'm like, yep, yep, this is it, yep, cool, yep, good, awesome, awesome. It's just, it's just who I am. And, and, I, and I, I went to do that last week past this lady and then I went, you know what? I'm just going to stop. I'm going to allow her to come out. It might have taken me an extra minute, max. Got to talk with her. She said, hey, thank you so much, young sir. I was like, yes, young sir, this is good. Got to talk with her for a few moments. But you know what? The world wants us to move on from thing to thing so quickly. But in life, sometimes we just need to walk a little slower to see what God is doing in our life, to see what God is doing in the people's lives around us. You'll be amazed with the opportunities that come up when you make a decision just to walk a little differently. Just walk with that step of, you know what, I'm anointed. 
just walk with that step of, you know what, I, I, I have favor upon my life in Jesus' name. David in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17. I'm telling you right now, he walked a little differently when he, when he took Goliath down, didn't he? He walked a whole lot different. You have a look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the Daniel chapter 3. Here they are, they got thrown into the fiery furnace because they made a decision to stand up for God. And King Nebuchadnezzar says this, Oh my gosh, how many people did we throw in there? Oh, we threw three in there, my Lord. Really, why can I see a fourth person in there? And he looks like an angelic being. He looks like a God because Jesus was in the fire with them. Rahab walked differently after her victory in Joshua chapter 6. Job walked differently after his victories through the whole book of Job. When everyone said, curse God and die. No, I will not curse God and die. I will live for my God no matter what. He walked differently. So firstly, you walk differently. Secondly, you speak differently. I'm a firm believer that God shaped the world with the words that he spoke. And you can shape your world with the words that you speak. It can, it, 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 I'm going to be honest, it drives Beck mad. With sometimes that, or, or of my positivity. She'll be like, <coughs> talking about something and, oh, this and this. And I'm like, oh, it's all right. No, no, we got this. Like, no, no, can you just take a moment and get, get a reality check, Grant? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, no, no, we, we'll be fine. Because I want to frame the world with the words that I speak, church. Luke chapter four, uh, Luke chapter six, verse forty-five says this: A good person produces good things from the treasure of a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasure of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. I remember a couple of years after my father passed away. One morning, one Saturday morning, you know. My mum walked past my room and said, oh, Grant, it's time to clean your room up. So, yeah, yeah, mum, I'll get to that. About an hour later, I'm downstairs having breakfast. Have you cleaned your room up? Yeah, I'll do that soon, mum. About an hour later, she walks past. Here I am in front of the TV. You cleaned your room up yet? Yeah, yeah, I'm getting there, mum. Uh, you know, lunchtime. Have you cleaned your room up? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get there, mum. You know, gets to about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And I hear these words, Grant Thomas Cunningham. Like when you hear your full name, you know you're in trouble. I get my full number. Yeah, what, mum? Why isn't your room cleaned up? And, and, and she, she, you know, she comes at me a little bit, but then I went back on the other side of like way too far. I said some really colorful words that I wish I didn't say. And my mum is about five foot nothing but a ninja. <laughs> like before I knew it, I was in a headlock over the laundry sink with a bar of soap getting shoved down my throat. Like oh, I didn't need fillings for years. She put so much soap in my mouth that day. It was. I knew I was in trouble the moment when I heard, Gavin John Cunningham, can you bring the value pack of soap from the top bathroom downstairs? And I'm like, I got, a, I got a serving that day. To be honest, I deserved it. Because it was stored in my heart. So it came out. You know, the world has specific words that it, use, that it uses that does not line up with the word of God. Our speech says more about what's happening inside of us than we realize. Church, can I encourage us? When we're walking in the supernatural favor of God, it changes the way that we speak. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think 
Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Can I encourage us today? It's time to stop talking or speaking down to our circumstances, and it's time to start prophesying over them. Instead of saying, my kids are never going to get saved, Heavenly Father, I thank you that my kids are going to get saved. Instead of talking down about, I'm never going to get a house, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the miracle you're going to do when I get a house. Instead of talking down about about your health circumstances, Heavenly Father, I thank you for a God report that is going to happen in the coming years. Start speaking and prophesying into it. We give authority to the enemy with our speech. Give authority to heaven. I'm open for all that you want to do, God, in Jesus' name. You walk differently. You speak differently. Thirdly today is you give differently. When you realize that you're on the winning side, it changes the way that you give. Can I encourage us here today? Every single person tithes. Every single person tithes. But many people don't tithe to God. We all have a God in our life that we tithe to. Whether it's a motorbike, whether it's a boat, whether it's a house, whether it's clothes, whether it's cigarettes, alcohol, whatever it is, we all have a God that we tithe to. But can I encourage us today, when we have supernatural favor upon our life, it changes the way that we give. It changes the way that we give with our time. It changes the way that we give with our talent. And it changes the way that we give with our treasure. Generosity isn't all about our wallet, but it's all about our heart in Jesus' name. You know, God has never asked me. God, God, God has only ever asked me to give what I have. See, John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, so whoever shall believe me will not perish but have eternal life. But I love what it says in verse 17, that Jesus didn't come to condemn us, but he came to set us free. See, the truth is Jesus gave of himself. See, the devil told Jesus, serve yourself. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, Peter said to Jesus, pity yourself. In Matthew 16, verse 21 to 23, his unsaved relative said, show yourself in John chapter 7, verse 4. And the crowd at Calvary said, save yourself. But Jesus was deaf to all these appeals and he gave of himself so that we could live this amazing life in Jesus' name. From this week onwards, walk differently, speak differently, give differently. And lastly today, you know, we no longer live defeated because we live for the undefeated king. You walk differently, you speak differently, you give differently. And lastly today, you live differently. You live with eternity in mind, no matter what situation is going on. You know, today, we don't celebrate a defeated king, but we celebrate a victorious king. Can the worship team join me back up here at all? See, John chapter 19, verse 30. Quite a pivotal 
apart from the Bible. But Jesus says, it is finished. He didn't say, I'm finished. He didn't say, I've had enough. He didn't say, I'm going to do overtime. He didn't say, yeah, 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 no, no. He said, it is finished. He never said he was finished. He never said he was clocking out. He never said, I've had enough. No, he said, the power of sin is finished. The power of sickness is finished. The power of brokenness is finished. The power of guilt and shame, it is finished. The power of this sinful life, the flesh, man, it is finished. See, we don't celebrate a buried king today, but we celebrate a risen king, church. We don't celebrate a broken king, but we celebrate a bold king in Jesus' name. We don't celebrate a fault-filled king, but we celebrate a faith-filled king. We don't celebrate a fearful king, but we celebrate a fearsome king that will fight for you no matter what. We don't celebrate a slaughtered king, but we celebrate the saviour king. We don't celebrate a demoted king, but we celebrate a promoted king. We don't celebrate a lost king, but we celebrate a living king. We don't celebrate a locked up king, but we celebrate a liberated king. We don't celebrate a past king, but we celebrate a present king today that is alive and he's still doing miracles today, church. Walk differently. You speak differently. You give differently. And you live differently. The change in my life over the last 21 years has been nothing short of a miracle. And there's no praise to me for it at all. All praise goes to God. You know the year that I gave my life to Jesus Christ? This young lady on the front row in the blue jacket that really wants a prophetic word today. That's why she wore the blue jacket. But this lady on the front row brought nine friends to church over a period of about two months. All of them gave their lives to Christ. All of them got water baptized. All of them started following Christ and are following Christ today. All because she knew that the supernatural favour of God was upon her life. She walked differently. She spoke differently. She gave differently. And her life lived a different standard to this world. Can I encourage us today, church? It's time that we walk in the supernatural favour of heaven upon our life, for our church, for our city, for our loved ones, for our workplaces, for our schools, for our TAFEs, for, for every person that we come encounter with. It's time that we make a decision. That, you know what, I'm not going to live for the supernatural power of Grant. I'm not going to live for the supernatural power of myself because there is no power without Jesus Christ. I shared at the start of the service about Lazarus. God is calling you out. And I don't know who that word was for today, but maybe you're in this place and you feel defeated, you feel depleted, you feel distracted, and even in some circumstances you feel destroyed. The power of heaven is here today. His supernatural power is here for your life. 
every eye closed and every head bowed here this morning. If you're in this place and you say, Grant, that's me. That's me. That's me. I feel lifeless. I feel destroyed. I feel defeated. I feel depleted. I feel distracted. God is calling you out of that circumstance. God is calling you out of that situation. For someone here today, it's a financial situation. For someone here today, it's a relational situation. For someone here today, it's a past hurt or past addiction that keeps creeping back into your life. Today is your day of freedom. that's you here today you say yeah Grant that's me that's me that's me I need a fresh touch of his supernatural power upon my life just where you're sitting right now just lift your hands to heaven I pray for you where you are see that hand there see that hand just there their hand hand hands going up all over this building I see that hand just there I see those hands up the back there I see that hand just there I see that hand just here his power is here he wants to bring his supernatural power fresh upon your life today if that's you just lift up your hand don't be afraid his power is here for you he loves you he cares for you he believes in you Heavenly Father, I thank you right now. I thank you for these people that have raised their hand this morning, Lord God, asking for a fresh touch of heaven. Holy Spirit, right now we ask that you would pour out. Holy Spirit, right now we ask your supernatural power to be released upon their life. Holy Spirit, right now we ask that you would pour out from heaven, Lord God. Father, I pray that, 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 that those reports that have come from the doctors, I pray that there would be a God report coming through this week, Lord God. I pray for those financial situations that are happening. I pray for complete breakthrough. I pray for breakthrough in relationships. Breakthrough, Lord God, in life. I pray where people are weak. Lord God, your Bible says that your grace is sufficient. When we are weak, you are strong, Lord. And we declare that word right now over people's lives, that we may be weak but you are strong and in Jesus' name we ask that your Holy Spirit would come afresh upon their life, come afresh upon their circumstance, come afresh upon their situation. Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit right now. One last question today wrap up this service before I hand back over. If you're in this place today and you do not have a vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ, maybe you have once before, but through life, through choices, through decisions, you know you're away from God right now. He loves you. He cares for you. He believes in you. Maybe you're here today for the very first time or you've never surrendered your life to Christ. You know, my relationship with Jesus Christ started on Good Friday 2001. It's the 
very first time I gave my life to Christ. But today at 5 a.m. when I got up, I gave my life to Christ again. So it's never about a one-off decision for me. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ daily. And even as I say that this morning, there's someone in this place that that's where you're at. Yeah, I made that decision many years ago, Grant. I don't need to make that decision again. No, no, it's a daily walk with God. And if you're in this place today and you feel that you're away from God, maybe you're away from God in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit. Maybe you've been attending church for a while and you've been ticking that Christianity box. Today's your day. July the 17th, 2022, to rededicate your life to Christ. Or for the very first time, give your life to Jesus. Where you're sitting right now, I just want you to lift your hand. If that's you, if you want me to pray for you, say, Grant, that's me. I need to get my life right with Christ. If that's you, just lift your hand to heaven. I'll pray for you where you're sitting today. If that's you, I'm going to wait a moment. If that is you, just lift your hand up nice and high so I can see Father, we thank you today. We thank you today. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy, Lord God. Father, I pray in Jesus' name right now, over this church, over this city, I pray that the windows of heaven would open up. I pray for supernatural favor upon this church, Lord God. I pray for supernatural favor upon the businesses in this church. I pray for supernatural favor, Lord God. I pray for supernatural salvations in this church, Lord God. I pray there'd be a fresh outpouring of salvations and healings upon this church, upon this city, Lord God, and also upon the churches of this city, Lord God. We declare that it's Gladstone's time, Lord God, to step into the supernatural favor of heaven, Lord God. We declare for Port City right now, Lord God. We declare overflow, 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 Lord God, the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for that, Lord God. Amen, amen, and amen.